Um, for those who are here online, welcome you as well. Sorry, I'm just a little excited, you know, got me going and ready to jump in. Um, but what we're going to see is that Jesus, since the beginning, has gotten his people in trouble. Now, it may be what the late Congressman John Lewis called good trouble, but he's always getting his people in trouble. And, you know, I mean, think about folks that, that we know that we support um, who are directly or indirectly. They're, they're taking Bibles and Christian literature into Christ, underground Christian communities in North Korea and Pakistan and Afghanistan and Northern Africa. Well, there, Jesus is getting them in trouble, breaking the laws of the land even. Uh, think about a, a group of Christian men and women who sat at a counter at a Woolworths in Greensboro, North Carolina, where they got spit on and beat and called names because they were breaking the law of the land that said they couldn't sit there at that time because of the color of their skin. And, and they, they went there following Jesus. Yeah, so there's all kinds of, of times in big ways like that or in little ways. That Jesus will get us into trouble. Um, our, our passage uh, today, we're going to look at Acts chapter 4. Uh, but what, what it's a response. It's, it's how Peter and John, the disciples, get in trouble uh, for healing a man. It's, and it's, you can go back and read in Acts chapter 3 the story. But Peter and John were, were coming into Jerusalem. There, and there was a, a man who had been lame since birth who was always next to the gate. Yeah, and that was the only way that he was able to get food. That's how he got paid, was at the kindness of others, giving him food and money there. And Peter and John, as they walk by one time, the, the man asked them for help. And Peter and John said, I don't have any gold, don't have any silver, you know. And he didn't even have the excuse we have today. I only have credit cards, you know. Do you, do you, do you, do you take uh, Apple Pay? Um, they said, but here's what I do have. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. And Peter reached down, put his arm, picked him up, and the man then started to walk. And one of my favorite responses is he began um, uh, praising God, singing, praising God, and leaping. I just wanted to see what the leaping looked like. I guess some, uh, you know, I was at uh, the Princess Ballet yesterday with Jesus University. There was a lot of leaping going on there. But that's uh, what he was doing for the first time. And, and that got Peter and John in a lot of trouble. Jesus got them in a lot of trouble. And he gets us in a lot of trouble. Uh, now, um, our passage then is Acts chapter 4. Where we'll, we'll see just the trouble that they, they get into for this act of healing. Let's, let's pray. Mighty God, thank you for your written word that, that speaks to your truth. And, and we pray you'll lead us um, so that we're following you. And those times that it gets us in trouble, that we will respond in the same way that uh, Peter and John do. And that we will look Holy Spirit in us. And wherever we are and whatever we're doing. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, uh, Acts chapter 4, starting with verse 1. And we'll go all the way through 22. 
And as they, and that's Peter and John, were speaking to the people. Because what happened was, you know, so this guy was healed. And everybody knew him because they'd been walking by him for who knows how long. And now they see him walking around. So you can imagine, big crowd gathers. Well, Peter sees an opportunity and he starts to preach with the big crowd. And of course, the crowd's getting larger and larger and they're, they're, they're more excited. So as that's happening, told the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees, those were all religious leaders, Jewish leaders of the temple that day. Sadducees is a fancy name for a group that was like a, some, some scholars and leaders in the temple. They were greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day. For it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed. And the number of men came to about 5,000. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they'd set them in the midst, they inquired, By what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, If we're being examined today, deed done to a crippled man by... What means this man has been healed? Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved now when they saw the boldness of peter and john and perceived that they were uneducated common men they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with jesus but seeing the man who was healed standing beside them they had nothing to say in opposition But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So Jesus will get his people in trouble. Just like he did then. The one way that he got them in trouble then is he made exclusive claims about Jesus. 
They're saying nobody can rescue you from God. No one can rescue you from judgment. No one can make you right with God but Jesus. He is the way. And Jesus said that to the disciples uh, in um, John uh, 17. Yeah, I am the way, the truth, and the, or John 14, sorry. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever lives in me will never die. And if you do die, you will live. I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus said exclusive claims about him. Those got Jesus in trouble making exclusive claims about himself. You know, he's, he's about to be crucified. Pilate is the one who's organizing. He's leading the crucifixion. He's got the power to release him. And he, Pilate turns to Jesus. Hey, are you the Messiah? Are you the anointed one? Are you the king of the Jews? Are you the one sent from heaven? It is as you say. And that leads to the cross. I mean, Jesus could have said then, Oh, no, I'm not that. I'm just a wise sage. I've got some healing powers. And i religious teacher. Good guy, generally good guy. And I know how to draw a crowd. But he didn't. He made clear the exclusive claims about him are real and true. And those exclusive claims didn't sell well then, and they don't sell well now. You know, we, we, we uh, today think, man, it's such a hard day to say the name of Jesus. Well, I don't know if any of us are going to say the name of Jesus and get in the kind of trouble that Peter and James, or Peter and John got into. There's really not much difference. It was just as pluralistic then. Matter of fact, they had a whole lot more gods. I mean, all those, you know, you've studied mythology and all. Well, they had all those gods, plus some then. So there were all kinds of gods. And it was absolutely ludicrous for somebody to say there is one God who is king of heaven and earth. And yet, that's what they said. But for us today, that comes across as judgmental, right? That, that comes across as arrogant, even undemocratic, un-American. Not popular to make exclusive claims. Like this then or now. Now, Jesus gets us in trouble for following him, not for being a jerk. I know that's a really theological term there for you. Uh, but it, it's, uh, I, I love this quote from Dr. King, uh, who said, uh, Some of us who've already begun to break the silence of the night have found that the calling to speak is often a vocation of agony. But we must speak. We must speak with all the humility that is appropriate to our limited vision. But we must speak. That, that, that's what these guys did. Hey, you know, you want us not to speak. Well, we can only tell you what we saw. We can only tell you what happened. This guy was lame in the name of, and it was for 40 years, and now he's alive. Can't we just celebrate that? They, they, they were following the ways of Jesus in a humility appropriate to our limited vision. But we must speak. But what really got, uh, Paul, or, or Peter, and uh, John in trouble was 
Jesus' wide-open, inclusive invitation to anyone and everyone to come to him. So you gotta understand, this man that was the, he, he, the understanding would have been largely that he was there because of the sins of his family. Cause he was born lame. And he'd been that way for 40 years. This was the best it was gonna get for him. So just put him there, let him get the, whatever crumbs he can get, whatever loose change he can get, and that's gonna be it for it because he's paying the price for the generational sins of his family. And for Them to heal him demonstrates to the world the power of God is at work to anyone and everyone, even the lowest of the lows. This power is greater than whatever, in their mind, generational sin this man is paying for. Jesus, when he said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that he, for the salvation of the world. That's what really gets him in trouble. That this outcast, who's an object of derision and judgment, lame from birth, has now been healed, has now been saved. That's an explosion. That God's power reaches into the depth of evil and brokenness and death. Anybody and everybody can come to him. So these exclusive claims and this inclusive invitation gets Jesus in trouble and it gets the church in trouble. It should get us in trouble. Because those exclusive claims of Jesus, if we're followers of Jesus, then what that means, we're making exclusive claims, not only about Jesus, but about ourselves. Because if we want to say, Jesus is the way to God, he's the Lord, he's our Savior, then that means I'm going to obey him in every way. That, That I'm going to act, not just talk, about the exclusive ways of Jesus. The Jew, Jesus is going to be leading me as to how I, now, now here, I, this might get me in a little trouble with somebody. They'll lead me as to how I treat my money or the money that's entrusted to me. And not only what I save and what I give, but even what I buy and how I live. That, that I, I, I understand it's not mine, but it's God's and it's used to be caring uh, for the work of the kingdom and the work of caring for those that are in, in need. I'm going to understand that my body is not my own, but it belongs to God. And so therefore what I do with it and what I think and what I do, and that even includes sexuality. And that Jesus tells us that human sexuality is a wonderful gift of God to be used in the gift of marriage between a man and a woman. Now, to say that out loud will get you in trouble. Talk about money, sex, power. That Jesus is the one who's guiding us. Not my family traditions, not uh, the, the, the ways of our community, not the ways of our nation, but Jesus. So it's going to get us in trouble. These exclusive claims upon Jesus that both we say and even that we act that's how it's applied in our lives. And it's applied in our, in our lives, like, like at the workplace. 
You know, it means that maybe I'm going to stand up at the workplace if the company I'm working for has practices that are oppressing people. They're oppressing workers or they're, oppre- or they're, they're lying to customers. Then, and if I know that, if Jesus is my Lord, then I, I'm going to get in trouble. I may have to say something. I may have to stand up and say, I can't participate in, in that. At school um, or in the, the neighborhood, uh, I, I'm going to I'm going to give kindness both to the ones who are bullied and to the bullies, because it's going to get me in trouble because of the inclusive claims of Jesus that He wants to love any and all. So, so, so those that are the outcasts, I'm going to reach out to them. Those that are the bullies, I, I'm going to connect with them. I'm going to bring them all. At least invite them into this inclusive claim. And that might get me into good trouble. What we see, Jesus gets us into trouble. He'll get us into trouble in our own lives as we're following him. But he'll also get us through the trouble. It's in in verse 8. A key verse there that says, as Peter's before this group and he's getting into getting into trouble, that he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, so no matter the trouble you're in, no matter the, the ways that you may be imprisoned, you may be oppressed, you may be facing opposition, even enslaved, Jesus will see you through it. He'll get you through the trouble. His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is that powerful. Now, as we've been walking through the, the book of, of Acts, uh, good time just to review for a moment. Um, you know, we, we understand God to be triune. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And in a way, as you, if you read through the whole Bible, um, Genesis to the very beginning of just before Matthew, we could say that's sort of the age of the Father, of God the Father. And it's how God is presented in the Scriptures. The Son and the Holy Spirit are also there, but that's the, the main way that we engage with God. Uh, M- Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels, sort of the age of God the Son. It's where we're introduced to and we walk with Jesus and we're engaging with Jesus through the Scriptures there. And then, the book of Acts, and those that were here a couple of weeks ago, or if you want to go back and read Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, when God the Holy Spirit came upon the church, and they were empowered, and everybody was able to speak the languages of all the people outside of the, the, the church. That was Acts, and so then the Holy Spirit. So that, in a way, from the day of Pentecost on, we're living in the age of the Holy Spirit. So for us, we, we live in a, an age where we're engaged with the Holy Spirit, who is at work in us, present in us, who fills us. All right, now, what does that mean exactly? What does it mean when we say that Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, and how do you do it? How, how, do, how do I, I get that same filling? Glad you asked. Because it is the way, I think, crucial that we see that. It's how the Spirit leads us so that we get through the trouble, so that we're the trouble we get into is not because we're a jerk, but because we are following Jesus. Ephesians 5.18 is a really good passage that sort of captures um, this, I think, um, that talks about how being filled with the Spirit means we're controlled by the, the Spirit, that, that God is our influence. 
Um, I, I think we might even have Ephesians 5.18 on the screen. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. So, don't get drunk with wine, be filled with the Spirit. Don't be influenced by alcohol, be influenced by the Spirit. Don't be controlled by alcohol, be controlled by the Spirit. It's the same thing as we read in Galatians 5. If you remember, as we read through the fruits of the Spirit, it talks about let's, if, it, let us live by the, the Spirit. It's, it's a way we submit to the, the Spirit. And, and as we submit to the Spirit and allow Him to continue to change and lead and guide us, then we exhibit the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. As we're following Jesus, we will exhibit those in the place of trouble. It's fun doing some um, work on this and, and some research on this because I wanted to go find what are some ways that people were thinking they were following God and they got in trouble and it had nothing to do with God, even though they thought it was. Um, a woman named Charlotte in South Carolina, this is several years ago, got in her car started yelling out of her window that Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Be prepared. And she drove her car right into the Walmart and said that God told her to do that. I said, I I don't know. Doesn't quite sit with the fruit of the Spirit. And I'm certain that the uh, folks that were shopping at Walmart didn't consider it uh, positive. Another gentleman said a, a woman was driving um, in an unchristian manner. Those are exact words. So then he said, I'm going to stop her. And so he allegedly, they estimate, started driving at 100 miles an hour and ran into her. Thankfully, nobody was hurt. But those kind of things, those are wild, outlandish example. But you get the point. Sometimes we get in trouble because... We are being jerks instead of following Jesus. And if we're filled by the Spirit in the work that we're doing, we'll be demonstrating the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. In Luke 11, verse 13... Jesus says, if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? It's really a matter of what we see the church doing in this day, back in the end of chapter 2 and the end of chapter 4. They were gathering, devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. They were gathering, devoting themselves to fellowship, to gather, breaking bread together, and to praying. And what we just sang was a perfect hymn illustrating this is what we, we want to be encouraging, supporting, helping, being a community just like it's always been. Seeking the Holy Spirit to fill us. So that we might exhibit the fruits of the Spirit. That we are committed to living in that way through His power. So that when Jesus gets us into trouble, we're able to walk through it in a way that honors and glorifies Him. Until we see Him face to face. For Jesus will get you in trouble. 
If you're following him, if he's exclusively your Lord, and you share that with others in what you say and in what you do, even filled with the Spirit, it will meet opposition. You'll find yourself in places where it's a challenge to obey what you think Jesus is calling you to do. Pray. Fill me with your spirit so that what I'm doing is out of love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, gentleness. Any trouble that we're in because of Jesus and any any trouble we get into just because of us. Let's make that our habit. Fill me, Holy Spirit, so that in this, I may act in a way that is formed by the character of Jesus and by the fruit of your controlling power in me. So let's get into good trouble. Just like the church has been doing since the beginning. Bringing words of peace and healing and hope to others. Of truth, of righteousness, justice, and actions also. So that we might in those places demonstrate the very character of Jesus. Amen. Let's pray together. Almighty God, we do give you thanks for your words. It speaks to us of your truth and what you're doing in your people. And we offer ourselves to you, Lord. We, we pray that you will continue to fill us with your spirit. As we sing this, as we just sang the song and as we'll sing it in a few moments. Uh, Lord, uh, help us to make those words not just words that we say, but words that we mean and, and continue to be the desires of our heart. Continue to form our desires so that we long to make you Lord of every part of our lives, whether it gets us in trouble or not. But so for your glory and your honor. And, and in those places where it's, it's challenging, give us courage. Give us boldness, just as you did to them, but boldness with grace and and mercy. Boldness that is secure in you. Continue to, to form us, Lord, in those ways for your glory and your honor. And gracious God, we pray today for your continued work in our midst. We lift up those in need of your healing. We pray for your your strength to be at work in their lives, just as you healed this man. We, we pray for those in, in need. We pray for relationships that are broken, that you would renew them and restore them and reconcile them. And Lord, we, we pray particularly for those in our midst who, who don't know you, who we want to be the, the presence of Jesus. We want to be sharing your good news. We, we pray for ways to be that kind of witness um, to them. And we pray your work in their lives to draw them to yourself. We also take this time and lift up those in our our midst in other parts of the world. In Iraq, Senegal, Sudan, Congo, Kenya. Lord, we, we, we pray for your 
your work in them, your protection upon them, that you would continue to strengthen and lead the church in each of those places and the global workers that we support in some of those places, giving them protection, but giving them boldness and giving, continuing to fill them with your spirit so that what they say and do continues to exude the fruit of 